I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Today, we're going to welcome back to the podcast, Travis Baird. Travis is a mindful business coach, speaker, and founder of Mindful Productive, where he helps ambitious entrepreneurs to get the clarity, confidence, and control all the C's they need to do their best work without burnout or overwhelm. This January, Travis and his wife, Megan, co-founded Visualized Copy, where they specialize in email copywriting for coaches and course creators. Travis lives in San Antonio, and he's not co- when he's not coaching or copywriting, you can find him running on trails, baking bread, or playing the viola, or petting cats. Or petting cats, yes. I, I took out the line about my cats just for <laughs> brevity, you know. If you want to know about my cats, go listen to my previous episode. <laughs> we did talk about your cats a lot on that episode. I don't even really remember. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, but we'll drop it in the or somebody will, um, but I'm saying this so that it gets done. We'll drop it in the um, show notes. Um, so you guys can go uh, learn about, we talked a lot about mindful, mindful, productive and meditation and stuff like that. I'm assuming probably. Yes, we did. So I've been doing coaching with Travis actually for four months, five months now. Yeah, about. Yeah, Travis is helping me uh, figure out how my life works. It's been really good. Um, so yeah. So we have a lot of things to talk about. Um, I, you know, I think we're going to talk about some of the tools that have been really helpful for me and my team. Um, and they're simple tools, which makes them sustainable, uh, especially for us ADHD people. Absolutely. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, but first what was, or what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh man, my biggest pet peeve. I feel like, okay. Um, one of the ones that has been really getting me lately, mm-hmm. uh, is when you see, okay, when you go on somebody's sales page for like a course uh-huh. and you see they, they have, there's always this section, like who this course is for, who this course is not for, right? Mm-hmm. We've all seen these. Mm-hmm. And almost always there's, there are these lines that are like, okay, who this is for. If you're going to take it really seriously and if you're ready to make a big change in your life and if you're, if you're going to do everything that I tell you to do and be open-minded. And then there's the, who this is not for. If you're a jerk who's going to be a jerk to me, this isn't for you. If you're closed-minded, like these are all good things. I totally understand. Like I know I've written sales pages like this mm-hmm. for my own stuff in the past, mm-hmm. but lately I've been seeing it a lot. And so it's been, it's been grading slowly, slowly away. I'm not sure it's my pet peeve, but it's one that's top of mind. Right that's now. all right. And like, Travis is such a chill dude. So it's like, if it bothers you, <laughs> I feel like it's like a big deal almost. It is, well, I saw two of them yesterday on two separate sales pages mm-hmm. just while I was doing research. So yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, nobody's going to like pay for a course and be like, I'm not serious. Yeah. And like, or nobody like identifies as a jerk, right? Right. Jerks, <laughs> jerks generally don't know they're jerks. Yes. Right. They're like, exactly. oh, well, I'm just direct or whatever they think they are. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it just always makes me laugh. Yeah. It's just, but, it's just a, a waste of, of space. Like it's yeah. not a ba- they're not bad things to say. They're not like wrong. It's just, mm-hmm. you could, you could use that space on your sales page for so much better stuff. Mm-hmm. Like actually talk about what makes somebody qualified or not qualified. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you know your niche, you know, who's qualified or like, you know, the personality type or, you know, like what speaks to them. 
You know, I'm finding, and I've been, you know, thinking about this a lot. Um, right before we started recording, I was telling Travis a story where I figured out the personality type I cannot deal with. Like, it's just been becoming more solidified every interaction I have with this type of personality. Um, and I just pretty much had a visceral, no, nope, not happening. You know, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something I think for me, and maybe for a lot of people who are mm-hmm. listening, who, uh, you know, early on in our careers, we have a tendency, or at least I had a tendency to uh, kind of accept uh, situations that were mm-hmm. not ideal so, and working with people who I now look back and know that I knew then I shouldn't be working with. <laughs> we all do. Trained. And we guys, we all do that. Like exactly. I still have some of those clients. Oh yeah. And we just kind of work around them because I've yeah. learned, learned, learned how to work around them, which is also good. Right. Yeah. So you, but you also solidify who you want to work with and who you don't want to work with. Yeah. Um, but it's figuring that out up front which is the hardest part, I think, for me. It is. Um, yeah. And we can talk about that and then I'll ask you other questions. But like, Travis and I could probably just talk all day. Um, you know, how do you, because I know you and Megan are doing some copy stuff. Um, so, talk to, so talk to us about visualized copy and how are you helping people kind of really get to the meat of like who they want to work with? Yeah. So at Visualize Copy, we specialize in uh, email copywriting, mm-hmm. uh, particularly working with coaches and copy, or excuse me, coaches and course creators. I realized there's three C's in that also. That, <laughs> yes. got a thing for C's, apparently. <laughs> I um, like it. <laughs> so we specialize in working with uh, basically people who have online businesses with personalities behind them. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that we really focus on a lot in our, in our business is helping people write uh, welcome sequences or nurture sequences that actually convey both who they are in a genuine and authentic way, but that also help their readers, their subscribers feel an empathetic connection to them. And like, they actually care about them because they do, hopefully we, we want everyone we work with to care about the people they work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, to really build that relationship in a natural way so that you build no like and trust and you don't come off just sounding like a gross corporate, you know, personality list thing, which was, I, I don't know about you, uh, Jamie, but when I first started writing, when I first started my, my first business, and of course I wrote all my own copy because mm-hmm. I couldn't hire anybody at that point. that's what you do. Exactly. It's what you do. And um, I, because my, my writing experience was all in an academic context, my, everything I wrote was correct. It was correct but it was so boring to read and like had no personality and no, like it, it was really difficult to convey yeah. any kind of empathy when, when you're, when you're coming off as cold and dry mm-hmm. as you might, as you might imagine. Yes. I think my, I have the opposite problem. I'm at the point like in my life where I just write the way that I would speak. Um, and I had, I did an article for into it and <laughs> I sent it to the editor and he's like, I have a lot of changes. I hope you don't feel like, just know, like this is what I do. I was like, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> like I assumed you would have like text, you know, he had like clarity changes in the, and I was like, okay, like that's not what I do. Right. And I'm more worried about my voice than I am about, you know, it being technically correct or whatever. Like, I don't have time for that. That's your job. <laughs> That's why yeah. you're the editor. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's funny because writing with a really compelling voice and like mm-hmm. with your actual voice, mm-hmm. that is a higher level skill, at least as far as I'm concerned, it's a mm-hmm. higher level skill than, than editing. Like, having things be correct, that's, that's an editor's job and that's really important. And yeah. editors are absolutely necessary and I love editors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's it's a skill that you can a lot of it's 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 easier to learn than this kind of like natural writing um, yeah. at least for a lot of people for for me it was it's that way yeah and i think uh you know some of that probably comes with like just not being confident in your voice mm-hmm. you know like as i've gone on i'd really do like think to myself how would i actually say this in person or like how would i say it over a video and that's what i say or that's how i type it um because I've become more confident in my own voice, I think probably through this um, and, you know, just through other things. So writing things the way that I would tell, like talk to somebody about it, um, it just kind of solidifies the whole, like, this is who you get. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you did it by practicing, right? (laughs) You just, you just just did it on purpose for a while and it started to become easier. And yeah, I mean, when you're when you work with clients, anybody here who works with clients in any capacity, mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is create that personality connection um, mm-hmm. in everything that you write. I mean, don't don't waste emails, don't waste opportunities to like really convey who you are. If there's a natural way to do it, obviously, I'm not saying force it. Don't no. slang into every single sentence if you if it's not how you would normally use slang. Um, but you know, it's it's it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, like if I'm writing an email and I'm not quite sure, like I'm conveying what I really want to say, you know, because sometimes there are measured emails, and generally there are people I like don't interact with very very much. Like if that's the case, then I do write differently to those people sometimes, just because I don't know how they're going to take all of me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we can, you know, make it a little less direct. And I've also started doing that. Like I'm extremely direct. You know me, I'm a bullet point person. Um, but I've also learned to like put an exclamation point in and like things like that, you know, just <laughs> because that is my personality, but it doesn't, it didn't come through on copy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, it's really smart to, to consider your, your relationship and the mm-hmm. progress of that relationship. Like, mm-hmm in your first, like, let's, let's think of it in terms of like a nurture sequence in the first email you send to a new subscriber, you wouldn't drop your most intimate story, probably like the most intimate story you could possibly share mm-hmm. unless that's like part of your brand, unless mm-hmm. that's like the whole point. Mm-hmm. But otherwise you build that relationship the way you would with a real person in real life, which is in stages. Like the first time we spoke on, on the phone, mm-hmm. I didn't come in dropping F-bombs the whole time. But like now, you know, after we've talked for a while, yeah. like I am fine with cursing, but I don't, I am t- don't curse with people in my first interaction with them because for some people that's really not comfortable and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I will, <laughs> I honestly, sometimes I will just to measure them. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like are is stuff that's going to come out of my mouth going to be a problem for you? <laughs> Because I get passionate sometimes, and I use yeah. that for it sometimes. And is that a problem mm-hmm. with you for you? Because <laughs> uh, that's not going to work. Because at some point, and when I get comfortable enough, you're going to get an F bomb yep. or two or three. Um, so that's interesting. I actually had something else to say about that. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I mean, I I totally support that approach. Um, mm-hmm dropping f-bombs to kind of gauge and have the response Mm -hmm. i just know that for me like it's it's taken it's taken work to get to where like i can naturally share how i normally speak Mm -hmm. so it's just for my personality type it's it's very uncomfortable to just do that right off the bat i'm all for it though jamie yeah anybody out there who's who's like yeah i think i want to start doing that go for it yeah Uh, just do it just do it um and that's how this podcast works so 100 percent like 
all the feedback we get is because I'm so authentic and I get my, I get my guests to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, because people like to tell me stuff. So I might be one of those people that tells like a pretty intimate story up front because that's what people end up doing with me a lot of the time. Like not always on camera, like probably rarely on camera, but I've been in meetings where like, I literally met the person 10 minutes ago and they're telling us, I mean, he's telling me about their fertility journey. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that, that speaks to the trust that you build and that's, yeah. that's worth so much. And like, I, I think again, like anybody, <laughs> there are certain people for whom, like, if that's really your personality and for mm-hmm. you, Jamie, I know that it is mm-hmm. like, that is a good way to approach, um, are we talking about email copyright? Yeah, <laughs> emails, kind of. whatever it is, whatever communication you're doing, <laughs> right? That's that's a good way to approach it. Just whatever you would normally do, mm-hmm. uh, do that. Yeah, and it's okay to do that. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, I just have one of those. I don't know, faces, personalities, whatever. Usually, it's in person though, when people want to tell me like, you know. But like, I've had like two coffees with somebody, and they're telling me like their whole life story like, you know, all the trauma, all the stuff. And I'm just like, apparently I'm a safe place for people somehow. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that. Uh, and that's, I think a lot of that is like the doula in me. Like, I think they, something about the non-judgmental like support thing that I've, oh, that I've done as doula that probably just kind of, you know, radiates out of me. Like, I'm not here to judge you. Like, tell me your life story. Is there anything yeah. you need help with? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's, I mean, it's such a valuable thing. And I, mm-hmm. I almost said skill and I realized I'm not even sure it's a skill. Um, it's kind of just, sure it, is either. it speaks to um, a, a willingness to be present with whatever is happening with the other person and to yeah. not, to not judge them for it. It's Actually, that. it's a skill. I'm going to say it's a skill because okay. I didn't used to be like this. Okay. Um, I used to spend a lot of time judging people for their birth choices. I used to like tell them what needed to happen. I used to make faces. Like I even have pictures of me making faces at one of my friends because I didn't agree with what she was telling me. Um, so that it was, it was a skill I had to hone. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, I don't know, like being a doula has changed who I am, like, and has changed how I approach people. Um, and how much grace I have for people and where they are in their lives and their priorities. And like, because birth is one of those places where like you really see what, what people's priorities are and like what's really important to them hmm. and um, how they make choices or don't make choices, but not making a choice is still making a choice. Um, so through all of that and just, you know me, I'm super curious. So like just through all of like just curiosity about like, why do people choose this? Why do people choose that? Like whatever. And it's just like, this is their birth. I have, I'm just here to support them in whatever they need. Um, that has changed how I feel about a lot of things Yeah. <laughs> because now it's just like, if you're not harming somebody else, like, and that's a good decision for you or not a good decision for you or whatever. Like you have things to learn still. I have things to learn still like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, Jamie, that sounds just like my coaching business. That's a really nice segue. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, I, I think you're right in that there is a skill aspect to intentionally um, being open to the concept that, that other people might have different needs and that mm-hmm. other people might have different concerns and ways of thinking about things. And mm-hmm. when you're open to that and you're willing to listen, 
then it, it opens up a new set of possibilities for how you behave. And I, yeah. I, think, I think that is something that you can work on intentionally. I know it's something I worked on when I first started my coaching business too. It, it, there was that immediate reaction to like, you shouldn't be doing things that way. Here's how I think you should be doing things. Um, but over the years, what I've realized is that there's, there's no one way to do anything mm-hmm. because everyone has different needs. Yeah, we all have our lenses. We all have our priorities. We all have whatever. Like I'll have people come and be like, please don't judge me. My tax returns aren't done. And then they'll just tell me the whole life story about why the tax returns haven't been done for three years. And like, they'll cry at the end. And she's like, well, thanks for listening to me. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not a good fit for us. I wish I could help you. Like, I hope you feel better for just having this conversation. I was like, I'm not judging you at all. Like, and I always tell people like, I'm not here to judge you about where your books are. <laughs> like, I don't. Why? <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have your skills. I have my skills. You know, you have your priorities. I have my priorities. And you're probably doing stuff in your business that I don't even know I should be doing. Yeah. Right. So I think a lot of the time people just get really, you know, caught up on like whoever the expert is is gonna like judge them or like think less of them or whatever. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. I don't. For some reason, this isn't a priority you, and that's fine. Either you don't know how to do it, you didn't get the right person to do it, whatever. Okay, let's fix it. Well, and if it's important, then yeah, fix it. If it's not important, then mm-hmm. maybe it's not important, and yeah. that's okay. Like when you can't fine. sleep anymore because it's still out there, call me. We'll get it fixed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, what have you been up to? So Ooh. give me a, give me kind of just like a cliff, cliff notes. I know you did some TED talks and some stuff like that. So let's talk about that because I think all that kind of happened after we first met. Yeah. So let's see. Um, I am involved with, as you alluded to, with um, TEDx San Antonio mm-hmm. and I help organize some of their events. Um, I'm on, there, there's a new type of TED event, uh, which depending on where you live, you might've heard about this or not, uh, mm-hmm. but called TED Circles. And so I, I'm the coordinator for that here in San Antonio, which is really fun. It's basically a way to like get groups of people together to watch a TED talk and talk about it. Um, so I've like been coordinating those. And, yeah, it's, it is, they're like little mini masterminds and they're really great. We were just getting them started when the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've shifted to doing them online, which is great also. It's not quite as good as in person, but mm-hmm. it's, it's working. It's been, it's been fun. Um, so that's been really good. And Oh man, I don't know. Since we first met, so much has happened, Jamie. <laughs> um, I know. I was like, how long ago was that? Like, I literally don't know. But yeah, it's it's been a we've bit. been hanging out a lot, uh, hanging out a lot recently. So exactly, you know, <laughs> we were like, hi, so good yeah. to see you. It's been a whole like four days. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's talk about the coaching stuff. Um. So what are um. So what is one of the biggest struggles business owners um have with, you know, prioritizing their work and how do you help them? Yeah. Let's talk about gears because it's one of my favorite subjects. Gears. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. So one of the biggest, pro- that was a perfect uh, setup for this. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that most business owners mm-hmm. run into is on any given day, you could do everything you could possibly think of to do on your, on your to-do list and still have like an infinity list going on after that, right? Like it kind of never ends. It it literally never ends. (laughs) It actually never ends, literally never (laughs) ends. Yeah. So what that leads to for a lot of us is 
well, it can go a lot of different directions, I've learned. Uh, I used to think it just went one way towards mm -hmm. burnout. Um, it can lead towards burnout when you like every single day, you feel like you're not getting enough done, you feel like you're not accomplishing what you need to accomplish. It can also just lead to this constant sense of like, I'm not good enough. If every day you're not reaching the goals that you set for that day, or, or you think, okay, I need to do all of these things today and I can't get it done. Anyway, mm -hmm. there are lots of different ways it can manifest itself. But the way to help with that is to find a way to organize each day for itself. Mm -hmm. um, most people, most organization systems that I've encountered um, are either unnecessarily complicated or they focus exclusively on long-term goals or they, or they really focus primarily on long-term goals. There is a benefit to focusing on long-term goals, of course, uh, but most times the, the actual day-to-day -day gets, gets kind of short shrift. It gets ignored uh, mm -hmm. as just like a way to get to your goals. So in walks gears. I developed this, this routine. Oh man, I think we're approaching three years ago now. I, mm -hmm. I use it every day still. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, mm -hmm. Jamie, is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been using it for since we started coaching, was that January? It's been a bit. <laughs> uh, let me check my... Uh... Maybe in November? We should, one of us should have checked this before. <laughs> I, my January is full of gears. So okay. it's been at least... Oh yeah, did we start coaching in November? Yeah, it must have been November. Yeah. Uh, every single... I even do it sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. So, Especially if I want to sit down and work, because then yeah. I could like, because it's quiet, because then I can make more decisions about what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so I even do it on Saturdays and Sundays if I'm working. Awesome. So that's, now that we've talked it up, let me, let me tell everybody what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Gears is, uh, the way it works is this. You, you wake up in the morning, um, you don't have to do this first thing, but mm -hmm. whenever you're about to start your work day, whatever the first like work-related task is, you sit down. And you either grab your sheet of paper and a pen, or you can do it digitally if you want. Mm -hmm. Either way is fine. I and just do it in my planner. So my planner is a weekly planner, and it just has the days of the week on the left. And there's like five, there's five, five lines for each day, Perfect. which it oh, works yeah. perfectly for my gears. <laughs> I was That's like, awesome. wait, I can just put it in my planner. I was so excited. <laughs> but I was just doing it on paper before that. And then at the end of the day, I check everything else off and toss it. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. So, so yes. Yeah, so gears is an acronym, as you mm -hmm. might've guessed by the fact that we're talking about five lines and mm -hmm. um, writing it down. Uh, so if you imagine grabbing your, your notebook and writing down the letters G E A R S. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just either along the top or along in, in separate lines. Doesn't matter. I don't care how you do it. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, you do it. There, your way. There is no formula. <laughs> There's no formula. Um, it, it's, it's intentionally loose in this mm -hmm. way. So mm -hmm. Under G or next to G, you write your goal for the day. Mm -hmm. And it's just your goal for that day. And it's just one goal, not a bunch of goals. Nah, so I'm really not... bad at that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's actually really, this is one of the biggest challenges of gears for most people. And mm -hmm. it's totally okay. Um, if, you, if you experiment with this, if you, if you have like a primary goal and then a secondary goal, mm -hmm. that's okay. It's not the end of the world. As long as you know what's most important, mm -hmm. that's what matters. Um, so you write your goal for the day. If you start your day and you're not sure what your goal for the day is yet, you can do the other letters and then come back to the G. That's mm -hmm. totally fine. All right, then the E in gears stands for events. This part is super easy, uh, but- It is integral to this it is, whole thing. Exactly. It is and I do necessary. E first. Yeah, awesome. Okay, most me too, days. actually. Me too. Most I should days, just start teaching it that way. <laughs> most days, unless there's nothing on my calendar. Like, I know there's nothing on my calendar that day, which is super rare, yeah. but I do the E first. Yeah. Because so, that 
and forms my G. Nice. Oh yeah, exactly. Perfect. So E for all you mm-hmm. listeners who are wondering what it stands for, or maybe I already said it stands for events. Yes. Uh, events. So it's events. Um, and under E or next to E, you just write what times you have already scheduled things for the day. So mm-hmm. this is any meetings you have with clients or with prospective clients or stuff that you have planned. Like if you're going to see your personal trainer, like mm-hmm. whatever you put, whatever's already scheduled with a time. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is, you know, which blocks are already taken up and you're mm-hmm. not going to, you can't do anything else with them unless you move those things. Mm-hmm. So then after E you write, uh, you go to letter A, which stands for actions. Mm-hmm. And this is your action list for the day. And these are things that are not scheduled with a time or not necessarily scheduled with a time. Mm-hmm. And they're just your kind of like typical to-do list things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the trick here is that it's just actions for today, just for this one day. So you have to, it, it takes work. And this is probably the second most challenging thing when people start using gears. But the mm-hmm. most, the actually most beneficial thing is to learn what you can actually reasonably accomplish in a day. That's been Um, the biggest benefit for me. Yeah. And to learn how to set that from the beginning, Mm -hmm. because then you don't end the day with this feeling of, wow, (sighs) I may have gotten a lot done, but I didn't do enough. Right. I did jack (laughs) the things I really needed to get done. Mm -hmm. So if you start the day knowing, okay, knowing I have these events scheduled and Mm -hmm. these are the actions I'm going to take. I generally encourage people to try to aim for fewer than 10 when you start, when you're starting out, like put, put less than 10 on your action list. If you can put five on your action list, that's awesome. Two. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but I've been doing this for a while. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can add more when you finish. Like if you, yeah. if you get through all of it, awesome. Like give yourself a pat on the back, like mm-hmm. go, go like have a celebratory something, whatever mm-hmm. you like to celebrate with. Um, and then take mm-hmm. the next set of things that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after A, after actions is R and that stands for rest. <sighs> rest. I'm the worst at that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know this. Yes. This one is tough. It's tough for for a lot of Mm -hmm. business owners because there's this feeling of we do these things because we love them, or at least we care about them deeply. Mm -hmm. And also they're to help bring us freedom, to make us money, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it can be hard to prioritize rest. But the reality is that all of us need to rest a decent amount to be able to do our best work. So Mm -hmm. under R, you're simply saying, okay, when am I going to finish my work for the day? Like you're sitting down at the beginning of the day and saying, okay, I'm going to finish my work by 6 p.m., 8 p.m., 11 p.m., 2 a.m. I don't care what time it is. It can be 10 a.m. That like you can, you can just have a two hour long work day. That's fine. Um, it doesn't matter when it is, but just give yourself that uh, a level of awareness that when that time comes, you have permission to stop. Um, yeah. And like during tax season and even like right now, I will just like write when dinner is and then how long I'm going to work after that sometimes. I don't always know that's going to happen. Um, and it does just because it does happen sometimes when we're trying to get stuff out the door. Um, but I've done a better job of giving myself permission to have two time blocks, but also mm-hmm. go to bed, Jamie. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I love that variation because the whole point is just you're bringing awareness to your to the end of your day. Mm-hmm. People think and talk so much about how do we start our day? You know, there's there's all kinds of resources about morning routines and those are great. Like I have mm-hmm. mine. We all have our own things that we do to start the day, but how mm-hmm. we end our day is just as important. And in some ways, depending mm-hmm. on what you're running into, it could be more important. Um, so just bringing awareness to that saying, okay, I'm going to either stop at this time or I'm going to know that I can continue working at this time, but I know I'll go to bed by whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there's no judgment around it. It's just checking in with what you need that day. And some days you may start your day and you may be like, whoa, things just got bad. I am dead now. I need to stop. I need to finish now. And when that happens, if you want, you can take your R and just rewrite it. Like, okay, it's 3 p.m. I thought I was going to go till 8 tonight. I'm done. 3 p.m. Finished. Uh, I might come back if I want to. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to do, but but just making it work for you. Yeah. And then, you know, initially it was really helpful for me to write my actuals in. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore because I like to fight fight the system. But like... <laughs> You know, it does, you know, I did, I, I do have to every day think, okay, what do I have tonight? When do I think I'm going to be done? You know, like it just, it gives you right. It's just a little more intention to that. The end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And um, then after R is S, which stands for satisfaction. And mm -hmm. this is really, um, I had a really rough experience. I think we talked about it on mm -hmm. our, our previous episode. If we didn't, mm -hmm. somebody, you can email me and I will, we'll talk about it. Uh, anybody listening, email me. Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about my experience with burnout. But um, what I realized and what I think most people do is when you get into a cycle where you're working yourself beyond your limits, it gets very easy to start ignoring your own needs and ignoring just basic enjoyable parts of life mm -hmm. um, you get into a cycle where it's only all about work at least some of us not everybody does this so I totally do that yeah exactly i know I, we, me too. We, we know this about me <laughs> yeah no me me too this is one of my big struggles um which is part of why i created this uh, so mm -hmm. under s it's just saying okay today what is one thing i'm gonna do just because i enjoy doing it not, it doesn't have to be for any other reason. I know I have a tendency to try to monetize hobbies, mm -hmm. like try to think of ways to turn a hobby into a business. It's a way to say like, no, this is just for fun. This mm -hmm. is just for, because I like to do it. Or it can be just because like, it, it, and it could be anything. So under satisfaction, you could say, I'm going to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, I'm going to sit and have tea with my friend today. Mm -hmm. Or I guess in, in our pandemic era, having We're gonna Zoom. with somebody. We're going to Zoom. Yeah, we're going to Zoom. Um, or it can be like, I'm going to lay on the floor and do nothing uh, for 15 minutes. That's cool. Uh, play an instrument. Uh, you know, yeah. you can do work related things too, mm -hmm. but because you want to do them, like sometimes work related things can be enjoyable, but yeah. Anyway, so it can be anything you want under S. It's funny that you said like you try to make hobbies monetize. Like I just started knitting and I was like, huh, I wonder if I should start a shop on MC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm actually kind of good at this. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. My husband would kill me. <laughs> he knows that's how I am. Yeah. Which is why well, I don't have nothing, hobbies. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, with, do, with turning a hobby into a business. Like right. that's, it's kind of a dream, right? I mean, that, yeah, that's totally. really cool when you can do it. Mm -hmm. But if every <laughs> hobby immediately becomes work, then it's not a hobby anymore, right? It's not, it's not fun anymore or it, or it very quickly will become. Exactly. And I was just like, no, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't need so, to do that. Yeah, like I used to, Jamie, you know, I used to be a musician. Mm -hmm. um, so for anybody listening, I used to be a classical musician, uh, played the viola and at, at a very high level. And so when I finally left that field and I started my own business, I still wanted, music is still part of my life. It was always going to be part of my life. But I realized that I had to find a way to play music that didn't immediately trigger like a lot of self-judgment and a lot of awareness about what was right and what was wrong and was I doing it the best and how could my technique be better and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. So what I, what I had to do was find other music to play on the viola that was not at all related to the stuff that I normally got paid for. And then ultimately what, what I've done now is I've just started playing with other instruments where like I would never, I'm never going to be 
professional level on guitar or ukulele or anything like that. So like I can just have fun and mm-hmm. not even worry about the, that side. Yeah. I think, you know, especially those of us who tend to like dive deep into our craft, mm-hmm. like I am extremely tax technical. Like I'm like next level sometimes. And it's just like, what? <laughs> I will go down rabbit holes to like find stuff and whatever. And I'm just like, this isn't necessary. Like, and also this isn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why, that's why I started doing tax planning because then it's fun again. Right. Cause then I can take that technical and actually create puzzles out of it. And then it's fun. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. um, but I get paid for that. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. No, so let's, let's... I'm on my second knitting project and I'm like, I should monetize this. <laughs> You're ready. You're ready to start your shop. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll buy, I'll buy something from you. Okay. Uh, so with gears, just to kind of wrap gear or to, mm-hmm. to put a bow on gears, uh, at least from a how to do it standpoint, mm-hmm. just writing down each of those five things each morning and mm-hmm. you're just doing it for that day. So when tomorrow comes, you're mm-hmm. writing it fresh again, like starting, mm-hmm. starting new. If you didn't finish some things from the day before, totally fine. You can move them over to today. So the next day, whatever day it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't just like have a gears that's like forever. You know, don't have a gears that never changes and you just add things to it because mm-hmm. then it's just a to-do list. It's just another thing to fail at. Um, let it be lists. for that day. And then when the day ends, it's gone. It's you're, mm-hmm. you're finished with that gears. You move on to the next one. Yeah. I always look at them like, is there anything that was important there? Okay. Well, I should probably pay the credit card bill. I forgot <laughs> to do that last day. You know, yeah. like that didn't get done yesterday. So let's move it to today. Um, so what are some of the results you're seeing with, I mean, this tool, <laughs> this tool has changed my life. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's changed my work life. Um, it just every day I'm just like, okay, here's what needs to get done. And I get to do little check marks on stuff. Um, you know, what are the biggest results you've seen in your coaching clients? And I can, I mean, you can ask me too, but we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest things that happens is you gain a sense of confidence over your ability to run your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that sounds kind of trite. Uh, so, so I, I don't mean it in that way. But it's, it's really, a lot of us start from this place of, especially when you're first starting your business, um, although even people who have been in business for five, six, mm-hmm. seven years experience this too, we're like, we, st- we still feel like we're working in a job for someone else. Like there's still a right way and a wrong way. And, and if we don't do things the right way, according to someone else, then, then we're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And what this tool gives you in a very, um, well, I was going to say roundabout, but really mm-hmm. it's actually pretty straightforward. In a very straightforward way is the ability to see, okay, this is how I'm going to set up my day today. And this is what I'm going to do because it works for me. Um, mm-hmm. And for no other reason than like, this is what I need to do. This is how I prioritize my needs. So it, it vastly increases the confidence and the ability to do your work without the need for somebody else telling you good job. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously I like having somebody else tell me that I'm doing mm-hmm. a good job. That, like <laughs> I did do. enough. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it helps with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and it also it yeah. improves just getting stuff done. Well, yeah, it makes you more accountable to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's less, less overwhelming. Yeah. Um, you know, than my lists and lists of tasks which I also have, but I usually go to them and I'm like, what is that thing I wanted to do today? Okay. You know, do I want to do that or do I want to move it? (laughs) (laughs) But I get to choose. Exactly. Right. I think the biggest impact for me is really realizing that I can't get done what I think I want to get done. (laughs) Like just bringing down the optimism a lot on that. Um, And also like, 
energy, like where's the biggest energies expenditures for me? Like literally yesterday I had, is that yesterday? What day is it? Is it Thursday? Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday. I really don't ever know what day it is anymore. It's working yeah. Saturday number a hundred and something at this point. Um, it was Tuesday. I just had back to back events. Right. So I wrote down on my events and my goal literally says see below <laughs> <laughs> Yep. because I just knew, like, I just know now that that is going to take all of my energy for the day. A lot of this stuff, like as much as I love to do it, it completely takes me out. Yeah. Um, so I just know. Yeah. I yeah. I and I, that's events, a couple phone calls and I was like, and I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge one. That was a big one for me too. When I started using this because I used to still on days like that, I would still expect myself to get a bunch of other things done. That's how I was too. I was like, but and I'll like, review a tax return and I'll clean out my inbox and I'll do. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're punishing yourself for being busy. Yeah, like I'm busy. Totally. Okay. Well now I have to do more, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is not helpful and actually is backwards in terms of your long-term ability to do that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like today is a day like this for me. Um, so just, just totally transparent on this, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I have a lot of meetings and talking to people and client mm-hmm. calls and sales calls today. It's like, all right, I'm going to get through the day. And if there are other things that I want to do because I can fit them in, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I know because like, I know because of the certain types of things I have today that I just can't pack it in. I can't do the whole day nonstop. I will need to have time Mm -hmm. to sit quietly and not talk to anybody and not really think about anything so that I can recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just me realizing what I need Mm -hmm. for today. Um, Other days I I can sit at my desk, no interruptions and work all day and have no problems. It's Mm -hmm. great. Um, But every day is unique. And because of that, we get the ability to choose what to Mm -hmm. do with it. Yeah. And just kind of being also like mindful about how you feel that day. Like Mm -hmm. I haven't been sleeping well. So it's like, I kind of take that into account. I think subconsciously too. And I'm just like, what really needs to happen today? You know, or do I need a nap? Do I have time for a nap? Um, And I think it also, it gives you, you said control. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel like you have to work eight to five or whatever. Like you can be like, Oh, Hmm. I could fit another event in or I can schedule something somewhere else because I know what my time blocks look like. Right. And I do time blocking on my calendar and all of that. So it's really easy for me to just open my calendar and be like, oh, okay, that's what just write it down. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me is really what can I handle in the day in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so you, you say S is satisfaction. I've been calling it self-care. Nice. When yeah. I teach it to my, when I teach it to people, I've taught it to my, to my staff and we all post ours every day in our um, threads. Um, but it's like, what is self-care for you? And that's really, it's really interesting to think about, you know? So like a lot of the time mine's just like knit a few rows cause I'm working on this gigantic baby blanket right now. And it literally takes me like 20 minutes to do a row. Um, so yeah, it's like, what is, but what would give me some, you know, brain space or help me recharge or whatever. Um, and we've been walking every day too. Uh, and so that's, that's always on my list too. Yeah. No, I mean, self-care is exactly what it is. And Mm -hmm. it's, I think a lot of us have a tendency to binge self-care that we, we get into places, at least I I used to do this and I've had a number of clients who do this where we will work really, really hard, um, consistently, consistently, 
for months at a time and then realize one day, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything for myself in four months and mm-hmm. I feel exhausted and I hate everything that I'm doing and I'm being, I'm reacting in like ways that I normally wouldn't mm-hmm. more angrily and more cynically. Mm-hmm. And you, now I think a lot of people realize, okay, well that means I need self-care. Uh, but, and you can binge self-care in a way, like mm-hmm. you can take a week off and like just in, you know, have, have an enjoyable, very relaxed mm-hmm. time and do whatever you need to recharge. But the long-term benefit is more in finding small forms of self-care on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to look a specific way, but mm. not binging it is, is probably the way to, for most of us, uh, have a more sustainable work life. Yeah. And I think you get better at, um, not feeling guilty about that self-care. And like when we say, when we say, say self-care, we are not talking about like five days at the spot. We're talking yeah. about like, having your favorite drink or like just picking something tiny mm-hmm. um, or Hey, maybe you haven't been to the dentist in three years and you really need to make an appointment. That's also yeah. self-care. Right. So, um, you know, for me, Nick and I went to Mexico two years ago or a year and a half ago. Um, and I literally for the first three days didn't feel like I needed to, like I deserve to be there mm. because I hadn't been taking care of me. I think like this was just not, I couldn't shift a gear to get there. Like, I was just like, my business isn't what I want it to be like this is not happening. And well, you know, like I just was so in my head about like taking care of myself of going on a vacation for a week with my husband. It was just mm-hmm. weird headspace stuff. Yeah. Did you um, feel guilty? Yeah. Yeah. I felt guilty. Um, I never checked. I didn't check my emails. I didn't do anything. Um, but then I come home, you know, come back to a whole pile of stuff <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I knew that was going to happen. And I just, I couldn't, you know, after a couple of days, I, I was definitely got better, but it was just those first few days. I was just like, I don't deserve to be here. Like, why did I take this time off? Like my business isn't where I'm supposed to be. I need to be, you know, hustling pedals to the metal, you know, all that stuff. And I realized real quick that wasn't going to really work. <laughs> you know, like I don't, yeah. we worked our butts off to take that vacation, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, well, and th- there's, <laughs> you just reminded me of the, the kind of the, the second level, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to describe it in levels because it sounds very cut and dry. Like mm-hmm. you get from level one to level two and then you right. never have to work on level one stuff again. But um, once you kind of have a handle on regular small forms of, of self-care, mm-hmm. then one of the things that happens to some of us, and I say some of us because I know people who don't have a problem with this. I know I had a problem with this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told you about this, Jamie. I but, don't know. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so one of the things that I really struggled with, um, I don't know, about a year into using years actually, was getting to the point where I was performing self-care. Okay, mm. so, so like I wouldn't, I, I would know like, okay, I know that I need to stop work at a certain time. I know I need to take, you know, a day off every now and again. I know that I need to do certain things to feel okay. Mm-hmm. So then it just became something else that like was automatic and I would just do it regardless of whether or not it actually was helping me. And then I would also do it regardless of what was actually happening internally. So like you can take a day off and that's great. But if the whole day, all you're doing is thinking about work, are you taking a day off? Uh, Same. If you're in Mexico in the first three days, you're only thinking about how guilty you feel for not, for being there. Is that really a vacation? And, and I think I don't say all of this to say like, that's bad Mm -hmm. because 
I've been there. Um, yeah, I think it's totally normal. It happens. It's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people, when they hit that, they they don't realize that it's okay and that it happens. Um, and really, the way to to manage it, the the way that I found to manage it that works most for me, is to uh, really just find a way to re-engage with the place and time where I am. So mm-hmm. if if I am trying to take a day off and I'm worried about work stuff the whole time, then how can I really engage with being wherever I am at that moment and mm-hmm. in the place that I am with who I am? Uh, whether that's if I'm having a drink of something, like actually focusing on what it tastes like and not mm-hmm. just sipping it while I think about work. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and sometimes um, it's okay to decide that you need to do a tiny bit of work on a day off to mm-hmm. feel okay in order yeah. to feel like, all right, I have, I managed it. Um, and that's yeah. okay too. And I think we can, if we acknowledge it, so this is all just like meditation stuff, but like yeah. if you acknowledge it, then you can actually handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can say, Oh, that's interesting. What am I going to do with it? You know, you can just kind of acknowledge it or just decide whatever. Um, but if you, I do find that if I just kind of, I'm like, I feel like I should be working right now. Okay. What would I work, be working on? how important really is that? Did I promise it to somebody or do I just feel like it needs to get done? Um, is that going to make me grumpy later? Like, you know, I just kind of, I can actually kind of look at it in a way as like, maybe I don't need to be working right now. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I'm going to go do something else <laughs> or I'm not going to go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, you know, the acknowledgement of those feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, I even told my husband when we were in Mexico, I was like, I just don't feel like I deserve this vacation, which is so weird. I've never <laughs> had that. Never. I've never been at that part of my business and felt like that or like worked for other people and that felt like I deserved a vacation. Like I could just get all be on fire and I'd be like, see ya. Yeah. You know, so it's just different. I think it's more different. It's different. It's when it's your business, mm-hmm. which is why business owners don't tend to take a lot of vacations. Yeah. Because it's like leaving our babies mm-hmm. in the hands of people. And we're not sure how that's all going to go. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's also just like a psychological, am I where I want to be? Yeah. Is this the well, end all be all goal? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's that's where, I mean, to me, it's funny because now if, if you ask me right now what my pet peeve is. Mm-hmm. One of my pet peeves that that is actually a, like a long-standing one is people who um, turn challenges like this mm-hmm. into something that you've done wrong. <sighs> so, so like if if you if you were to come to me and say, "Yeah, I I I went on vacation and the first three days, all I could you know I, I just couldn't like be there and I couldn't mm-hmm. enjoy it or really feel like I was on vacation," then there are there are people out there who would say, "Oh." Well, that's just a choice. You just need to choose to be happy in that moment and to to choose to to not have those feelings. Um, and maybe that works for some people. Like maybe that I works for some don't people. Don't know who that works for. <laughs> it's not me. And it's a, an approach that you there are a lot of people out there who approach this this way. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just got to be about acknowledging what is happening. Like you're mm-hmm. experiencing something. So if you try to tell yourself you're not experiencing it, you're basically gaslighting yourself. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yourself, you, you are crazy and you don't know what you're experiencing. Right. It's like, is, I know. Yeah. Anytime somebody's like, well, my gut says this, I'm like, well, then listen to it, you know? Exactly. And I have to do that for myself too. Like 
I was telling Travis about a situation I had yesterday. And I just had a moment where I was like, this is not going to happen. My body and like my body literally was like, no, like I could feel it. Like my stomach drop out. And I was like, this is not for me. You know, and if we don't, if we don't acknowledge those feelings and then decide what to do with them, but if we have to acknowledge them first, right. And so that's, what's been, you know, huge for me too, is I used to work in a firm where like partner would literally say that we don't have feelings here. And I'd be like, well, A, that's not how people work. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like managing all these people. I was like, we have to at least listen to them. Right. Like they get to feel their feelings. Like this is even before I was a doula, I was like, do, 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 you know, like, because I guess apparently I'm more woo now than I was before then, but like, then because I have their feelings, really? Huh. That's interesting. We're all just little robots, huh? Oh yeah. Well, and I I think (laughs) it's funny because I think a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of people who are listening are probably like, yeah, I mean, I would never, I would never approach my business that way. I would never ask somebody to not have feelings. But how often do we do that to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like if, <laughs> if you've ever chosen to fully ignore your emotions or if you've mm-hmm. just pushed through, like there are times and places where we just have to push through. There's, Absolutely. There's a time I'm not and a saying place. that's not true. Of course. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like we, I, I think we agree on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I know for me, one of my biggest, one of the turning points for, for me in my life and, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've, I've worked with, with several clients on is realizing that, okay, one, I'm not allowing myself to have feelings. I'm not, mm-hmm. I may, I may absolutely agree that you should have feelings and you should be able to operate your business in a way that right. respects those, but I would never let myself actually do that. Um, so realizing that, having that awareness and then taking action to, to learn how to see what those feelings are mm-hmm. and learn how to actually honor them. That's been a huge part of growth. And honestly, it's something I expect to do for the rest of my life. I mean, I just, based on my personality, I expect to continue to have to work on that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people that may be the easiest thing in the world. Uh, But either way, uh, if if you're like me, and that's one of the things you're struggling with, Mm -hmm. um, it it can get easier. It's just a matter of saying, wait, am I being a bad boss? Am I, am I being the worst kind of boss to myself? Right. Um, Or am I being supportive and, and having empathy for myself? It's really funny. So I was interfacing with one of, um, one of my staff the other day. Um, and she has had this thing that she's just let like fester. And I was like, um, you know, cause she, I actually asked her to do it for a client that I was supposed to be wrapping up. And I was like, Oh, and do the other ones while you're at it. And she did. And I was like, how does that feel? And she's like, you're kidding. Right. And I was like, no, really? How does it feel? And she's like lighter. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I told you to do it. Cause I'm trying to look out for you, <laughs> but like we let stuff weigh us down because we want to move on to the next thing or whatever. And now she's got a whole another list somewhere of these things that didn't get done. And I was like, you can just, you're done. It's done. Yeah. Those things are done. Mm-hmm. Like it's done, done. Instead of kind of done now. I was like, yeah, I don't do well with stuff sitting out there because it just feels heavy, yeah. you know? And so a lot of my self-care is just wrapping shit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and she doesn't really like that doesn't really resonate with her. Um, so I actually take up, take, I took the like wrap up part because it's like, then I know it's going to get done. And it's going to get done, done. And then we don't ever have, you know, we don't have to think about it again for a little bit, yeah. you know, cause I don't do well with just 
all this limbo stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, do absolutely. understand that some people feel more useful when they have things that they haven't completed yet. Right. Right. So that's like a mindset thing for people. Yeah. It's a mindset thing and a personality type thing, mm-hmm. I think too. Um, something I'll just, <laughs> I, I know we may not want to get into this at length, but that's okay. um, something that's helped my coaching business and honestly has been like absolutely instrumental in, in copywriting in general mm-hmm. is thinking about personality types um, mm-hmm. from a more um, open-minded and understanding standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I spent a lot of time over the last year studying the Enneagram, which just for me happens to align with a lot of things uh, mm-hmm. and, and like resonates with me really nicely. Um, so if you've ever, if you've never looked at, into Enneagram and you're wanting to either understand yourself on a deeper level or people you work with or employees mm-hmm. or whatever, um, it can be really helpful and interesting for, um, you know, there's, there's nine types and then there's also subtypes and then there's wings and like your relationships, there's tons of depth if you're interested in that. And it's helped me gain like a much deeper understanding for, um, like my wife, if I, if I asked her, if, if, if she were a coaching client, which like Mm -hmm. that's never, that would never happen. (laughs) But if she was a coaching client of mine Mm -hmm. and I said like, how does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. Or um, what do you feel like you need right now? Like, I know based on conversations we've had since exploring Enneagram together, that she doesn't operate in that way. Like her, her the way that she thinks it, or the way she experiences the world is almost entirely through her, her thought, like mm-hmm. through thinking, not through feeling, not through, mm-hmm. it's not that she doesn't have emotion, she does, but it, the way she experiences the world is through verbal thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So just, it's very simple to just shift those questions. Like, what are you thinking? Or what do, what do you think about that? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really small thing, but it means that you can have a much more um, mm-hmm. like understanding relationship and better conversations and all of that mm-hmm. uh, as a result. I'm all, I'm all squinting my eyes at you now. <laughs> have you been Enneagramming me? Um, so what is your favorite resource, resources for Enneagram while I have you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, one of the first places that I learned about Enneagram was on Enneagram Institute, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a bunch of places you can take tests online if you're curious about like what type you might be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of as a general thing, it's a good idea to you know, read into it a little bit if you're, if you're on the fence about what type you might be, because the best, like the, the old school way is to like understand it, read about it, thoroughly understand it, and then determine what type you are. Yeah. Most people approach it the opposite. And that's how I came into it too. It's totally mm-hmm. okay. Me too. Yeah. I, I had somebody that I was working with ask me to test. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we just kind of took, you know, and then, then I also asked a bunch of people like how it helped them and things like that. And so we just kind of took all that data and kind of decided what I was. Yeah. Um, which I don't think she really knew enough about it, but nobody's surprised I'm a one. Yeah. That doesn't, I'm also right. an Aries. Like that doesn't really surprise any of us that I'm a one. Sometimes I think I might be a nine, but I've scored pretty much the same on those two. Um, and the person that I was with, they're like, oh, I think you're probably more than nine. And then they really kind of got to know me a little better. They're like, yep, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that gets, that gets to a way that Enneagram is often used in offices in a very like prescriptive way. Mm-hmm. And that is a no-no, at least for a lot of people that I know. And, and I, I would personally try to avoid using it that way because mm-hmm. you can't ever, like the whole point with Enneagram is that it's about your intention and like your, your inner experience. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what your inner experience is. Your behavior might look a certain way, but mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know what led to that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's for me, um, 
that's where a lot of deeper understanding about myself has come is realizing, okay, I know I behave a certain way, mm-hmm. but what's leading to that? Like, yeah. what, what, what is it that's, that's leading to that? It's, it's not so much about putting myself in a box, which I mm-hmm. always resisted. When somebody first told me about Enneagram, I was like, no, that sounds stupid. Uh, I, I don't love personality tests. Box. I love personality <laughs> tests. Yeah. But if you line them all up, which I've literally taken like the Colby and I took another one with, um, with into it like a while ago. And like, literally if you let like strength scope, like literally if you line them all up, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, and I also understand that I'm more, so I'm tend to be more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sh- not saying I don't have blind spots. I probably have plenty of those, but I tend to be more self-aware than I think some people are. And so like my personality tests pretty much all tell the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know what resonates with me and what doesn't resonate with me. And I know which one like might be an outlier. Like I'm like, shit day that day when I took it or whatever. But yeah, when I took the Enneagram, I'm like, I'm a reformer. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't really, that doesn't really uh, surprise anybody. Um, and I think I had my mom read it and she was like, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, my daughter's probably a one too. Nice. Yeah. We don't really do things that people want us to do. <laughs> Which, yeah. That's when we would bump against those. I don't know what they are, but. Yeah. No. No, thank you. <laughs> Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up because we could do this all day. Of course. And I have something and you have something. Yeah. Um, so before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Ooh, yeah. So there are, there are two really easy ways. Um, actually there's one easiest way and that would be LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. so find me on LinkedIn, Travis Baird. Mm-hmm. And then I have two websites. Um, so if you're interested in like checking out the work that I do, uh, either my mindful business coaching or as a copywriter, uh, mindfulproductive.com or uh, visualizedcopy.com. I like it. I love the name really. visualized copy. Oh yeah. It's That's great. Really I'll, I'll tell Megan, Megan came up with that. So I will, uh, I will tell her you yeah, send your. Tell her I love it. <laughs> um, oh, and I just wanted to say, um, I really like Enneagram and coffee, the podcast. Um, she's really good. Um, and she really like does a really good job of breaking stuff down. And she even has a whole series on like the miss, like common mistypes. Um, I think she, I don't think she's done one in nine yet because that's the one I need her to do. Yes. Um, it's been a while since I've checked, but that's a really good, like, and she does little, little small podcasts, which, you know, I like, um, I like little pieces to listen to. Um, so that's a really good one. I really like her. Um, she's got this really nice, like soft, like voice. And I just, you know, she's soothing. I love it. Yeah. Um, so what is the one most impactful tool you recommend for business, for business owners? Well, uh, years, absolutely. Um, I'd say other than that, um, I mean, just in general, developing any kind of mindful awareness practice, it doesn't have to be any particular thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it'd be easy to say, Oh, you need to study in this tradition and you need to do this exact practice. It's it, to me, it's more about just having some way of building awareness of, Depending on, depending on how you normally operate, if you mm-hmm. tend to be very internally aware, then mm-hmm. maybe it's about becoming more externally aware. Mm-hmm. Or if you tend to be very much out in the world, then like maybe finding a way to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there are so many different meditation and mindfulness practices. So any, kind, any way you can build uh, mm-hmm. some kind of awareness practice into your life, it opens up 
tons of doors. I, I find it to be for myself incredibly thrilling and endlessly entertaining to just continue exploring and learning new things in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's so funny because meditation is like something that a lot of like a lot of people are like, well, I'm not good at it. And it's like nobody's good at meditation. Nope. Like, I, like <laughs> anyone I, who says they're good, they probably don't know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And it's one of those things too where like there's like, oh, you should sit up straight and blah, 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 blah. I lay down to do my meditations and sometimes I fall asleep. And I don't feel bad about that, (laughs) you know, because that's what I needed at the time. Right. And I think, you know, I just do 10 minutes um, and I didn't do it today. Full disclosure. You can smack me in the hand later. Um, (laughs) No, it's okay. I know because I have control over what I need. Right. And I needed it, but I just didn't make time for it this morning. I had other things I needed to do. It'll be there for you later today or tomorrow. Yeah. And that's what I've also given myself a little leeway on. Like I want to do it the first thing before I hop into my gears or whatever, but sometimes I just don't. So I'll do it later, like after all my appointments are done or I'll do it at night while I'm, you know, doing some exercises or I'll just not do it. Um, But it does help me at least breathe for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's where that's, that's what's important to me. You know, I get a little bit of mind clarity for a few minutes, maybe not the whole 10, generally not the whole 10, unless I fall asleep. Um, but you know, it's that time for yourself. It's that exactly. S. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, it has impact outside of the context of the actual time that you're spending, right? Mm-hmm. Just having that, having that time, like prioritizing, I'm going to spend this time and I'm not going to be productive. <laughs> like that can be really jarring at first, but it's, it's freeing because you realize, okay, I have the ability to, to do this because I believe that it has a positive mm-hmm. impact for me, whatever that is. And yeah. then you realize, oh, I can do that with other things in my life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, and it's so funny because it's just like these little tiny like things, um, they just add up to less overwhelm. And that's the biggest impact, you know, I think like the gears has had on me and the, you know, the practice to just 10 minutes of meditation. And I probably get like four out of seven days usually but even that it's just I don't know like I'm just not as stressed uh, and it's been very stressful for me <laughs> the last few weeks I know Travis is like uh, what do you need today because <laughs> I know stuff is sideways um so you know it just helps it just kind of helps me at least find a little bit of quiet although the families just running around or whatever my son will like walk up to me and like look down at me and be like oh she's meditating and then he'll walk off <laughs> but I'm also modeling but I'm also modeling that for them so usually I do it they're awake they're running around whatever and so That's I'll just great. put my earbuds in and turn it up and you know work on my exercise by because by pretending they're not here yep I get 10 when they get except when they get really close and my bluetooth goes off and I'm just like oh, why do you, <laughs> you want a child <laughs> my mommy bluetooth i like to call it nice uh that's why they've always slept in their own rooms because then the bluetooth doesn't go off as much and i can sleep oh okay i like that yeah nice. they're out of range they're out of range kid uh i don't know if that's a weird my brain thing probably i don't think i've ever ever had another mom talk about it like that but. no it's cool yeah Rest. thank you for your time today thank you jamie this was a real pleasure Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.